Rodgers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Patrick final Jason Jones from Mothership and Jerry Saw Soccer. Jeff Patrick from 90.9 The Game. Jerry Saw Soccer all the time is over there, Joe. Why did you why did you bring down Facebook, man? Uh, I was just gonna ask who <laughs> do a little <laughs> housekeeping. That's what they said in uh, Apollo 13, right before right before the shit hits the fan. You need to do a little housekeeping, uh, mix the air tanks. Somebody mix the air tanks mm-hmm. at Facebook, I guess. And <laughs> hopefully it's all gone forever. That would be awesome. That'd Seriously, be so cool. That'd be great. God, I saw something where like in like the code or whatever, someone looked at it. It could all be nonsense, but they're like, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean that Facebook is like down. It means Facebook is gone. So we'll see like if uh, I don't know, someone snuck in and sabotaged all this. Maybe someone snuck in and sabotaged at Lady United, Joe Patrick. It looked a little rough on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was well. I, I don't know. There, there were some chances. Like the team could have scored some goals. Barco could have scored maybe the best goal of the season for the team if it had actually gone mm-hmm. in and not off the crossbar. And I feel like if some if that had gone in or one of those goals, the one of those shots that the team took in the first half had actually found the back of the net, we could be talking about this game much differently. But it's weird because it was a pretty depressing feeling after the game. I think everybody, myself included, was just trying to forget that the whole thing happened as soon as possible after it was over um but the team still put themselves in a chance to win you know like they had a lead in the, in the second half early in the second half as soon as uh Mulraney scored that goal obviously but you know then things just went tits up from there yeah those forget me now games are a little easier to to swallow when they aren't back to back yeah you know, that, that's yeah, yeah. too straight <laughs> yeah with, that's true. Know, on the road against philadelphia and against montreal and, and what are away games but still six pointers that make it a little just more difficult to stomach, you know, and it's kind of hard to take in a, a little bit. But got to remind folks that the next five games, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. You have Toronto, NYCFC, Cincinnati, Montreal again, I think. Maybe not. No, not Montreal. <laughs> You're- no, that's right. I'm already messing up. Uh, Toronto, Cincinnati, Inter-Miami, Red Bulls, and Toronto again. Yes. NYCFC not necessarily in that order, but yes, you get that Damn is it. correct. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, no, it's, a, it's a favorable uh, schedule. Is the point you're trying to get? Extremely favorable, and the standings. I mean, we can panic all we want, but three points are still between us and third place in the east yeah right? like like home game still very very much possibility I, I just wrote it in the the post that we just put up on dirty sauce soccer about joseph martinez's hamstring injury which we may also need to update our show sheet about too because i don't even know if i put that in there but um you know i wouldn't mind him sitting i i, I don't i think the atlanta united could very well well i think they probably should or would make the playoffs even if he doesn't play a game the rest of the season um mm-hmm. maybe that's bold to say maybe it's not but um you know, I'm fine with just sitting him. This team should make the playoffs with this with the schedule they have coming up. Like they should win at least three of their remaining six games, if not four. So, uh, and I think that that will be good enough to get them in because when you look at the other, the games that the other teams have, it's it's much more difficult. And it just seems really bad that the team is, you know, in eighth place, but they're what one point out of fifth and two point or three points out of you know as high as third. So it's really the, the table can be be very deceiving uh, right now. As it stands 
You got to remember the the other teams are going to cannibalize themselves, right? Like yeah. Atlanta United has the one six pointer left. All the other teams have, I think, at least two. They're all playing against each other. Yeah. They're all playing against each other. They're all going to cut each other out. All those kind of things. Someone's going to rise to the top of the pile at all that. It looks like it's Philadelphia, to be totally honest with you guys right now. But Atlanta can definitely benefit from all that. And they should. They should because the next and the final six games are winnable. Let's not forget to NYCFC is struggle busing right now. It is a rough, rough time for them. They just lost Anton Tinnerholm. They're starting right back to what looks like a season ending Achilles injury. Oh, wow. They're they're really struggling. It looks like uh, Tati Castellanos might be suspended here for a game. Uh, it, it's it's rough, man. It's really rough for a team that should be way better. Yeah, who, who did they right just now. lose to? They didn't. Uh, the fire, right? The fire beat them they to nothing in Rafael Wiki's last uh, game. It's, it's it's all kind of bad, right? <laughs> like you know, Chicago beat them and then fired their manager. Like that just wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for them, you know, um, they got a nil nil draw with Nashville this weekend. But man, they they they've beaten one team since like August, and it's Cincinnati. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that bad. Wow, that's it, crazy. Because they were, it I, really I guess rough. it makes sense because they were kind of well above every, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of this muck <laughs> fighting yeah. at the bottom of the Eastern Conference for a while, but now they're right yeah. in it. And so now they're down at sixth, one point in front of us, even on games. And that's the toughest game we have left. Everyone else well below the playoff line at this point. So, you know what? I, I'm not panicking. And maybe that's just kind of the theme of the show is that away games are hard. Uh, if you take out really what was basically like a, a six to eight minute period there uh, for Atlanta United defensively, then you probably feel way better about this. Mm-hmm. Right. It, mm-hmm. it was two pretty bad mistakes that kind of let dudes uh, get in positions they shouldn't. Uh, I think on the second goal, especially or the second uh, or the penalty that was allowed to create the second goal was some particularly bad play from the center backs. Alan Franco did that thing where, you know. He plays a ball that pretty much, pretty much kind of ruins you yep, defensively yep. if it gets intercepted. And Hospital ball. Yeah. Hospital ball for sure. For sure. And it left this huge gap straight down the middle. The other one, I warned you all, Romel Kyoto is a stud. <laughs> That's just it, all it that was. Shot, right? That shot was top notch. Remind, remind me of uh, the one that Landon Donovan scored in the 2010 World Cup against Slovenia when they mm-hmm. came back from 2 nothing in the... Two nothing down in the second half. Um, he kind of roofed one from that tight angle. Always, always good to watch those go in, except when they're against your team. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Joseph esque goal. Even. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep, yep. Which quick plug? Got a piece up on the mothership. Uh, Joseph goals ranked. I had a best eleven up there uh, for y'all on that. Uh, which leads us some housekeeping. You guys need to check out the other stuff we're doing. We got stuff all over patreoncom slash final Interviews got interviews coming up this week. Maybe some international break talk because, folks, we are in the final international break of the year. Thank God. Uh, but Miles and George going off with the USMNT, right? Joseph probably not going off with Venezuela, but Ronald will. Things like that. All, all sorts of kind of fun things to talk about there. Uh, but we'll have that for you on patreon.com slash five strike final, where you can also join the world famous uh, five strike final discord. You, you know, you mentioned the discord. I'm thinking I won't be able to do this Thursday night for the first United States game of the international break because uh, I've got brave stuff. But um, the Braves are playing that night. But Sunday night, I might do the uh, do the old discord video chat just while the game's going on, just to hang out. Talk Braves about the game, Friday, right? Stuff like that. What's that? 
They play, play Friday, right? Oh, yeah, they do play Friday. That's right. Yeah, so we can do a Thursday, too. Let's do a Thursday. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. do a little hangout. Uh, get to the get to the Discord. We'll, me and Joe will just kind of post up on Thursday. <laughs> Thanks for knowing yeah. that this, my, my work you're, schedule's the, Your work schedule you're, better than you, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, it works out perfectly because they play Friday, Saturday, so we can do it Thursday and Sunday and... Perfect. Yeah, I have no cool. idea who the USMNT is playing on Thursday, so maybe you do. <laughs> <It's> Jamaica. Jamaica. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so uh, take another reggae voice. Uh, maybe we'll get some Mario Williams, cool. Williams action. I don't know if he's still That'd in the fold or not. Yeah. Good, good question. Good question. <clears throat> so we'll check that out. Uh, join the Discord. We'll have a little voice, maybe even a video hangout with that. And just me and Joe, we'll, we'll sit back and answer at United questions and I'll pretend to care about the USMNT. And I'm going to be, be asking other people questions, too. I got it. Yeah, we can just get to get to know each other, have some beers, have some drinks. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Patreon.com slash five stripe final. All right, Joe Patrick. We mentioned it before. We got some news to get to. This is business time. Joe Patrick and what you just heard was a very mournful business time lead in. I don't know. That was the mournful edition. That was the mournful edition. Yeah. I'm definitely going <laughs> to, you, you heard it. We all heard it. I'll get back in it later. Um, Joseph Martinez, a grade one hamstring strain, a low tier hamstring strain. I don't know how the grades work. You know how like the DEFCONs are right. Like, one is the worst <laughs> yeah. and no one knows why. I don't know how the grades work for energy injuries. Um, it's a low tier hamstring strain to, to be completely accurate here. Yeah. The reporting from Doug Roberson here, it looks like it was coming from Darren Eels and it says that he had an M. He would was going to undergo an MRI today. So it sounds like the report that Doug had was pre MRI. So I don't know if they had an, like an official diagnosis on it or if the low level was after the MRI, the way he wrote it made it seem like the MRI was still yet to come, but they just knew he had some sort of low grade hamstring injury and that an MRI will surely confirm that. So um, not good. It's weird. Joseph has really just been through the ringer this year, man. He's been like even like a breakthrough COVID case, just like it seems like <sighs> yeah. everything has happened to the guy. Uh, it all seemed to start when he got that COVID case, when he went for left for Copa America. And it's just after that, it's been sore the reoccurring sore knee the bad manager who wants to you know run you to death on said sore knee now we got a hamstring which is connected to the knee <laughs> um so yeah i i don't know if those have anything to do with each other i don't even know if they're on the same leg or not but um either way it's just not it's not good and uh yeah yeah no i saw him pull up at one point and i kind of quickly typed into the discord like uh did joseph just just pull up because he looked he looked rough there for a second, but he didn't come off. I wish he would have just come off. Mm-hmm. He needs to quit trying to do that. We should um, talk remember, about this. Yeah. Remember in Nashville when he, you know, uh, tore his ACL and kept playing for right. a good, yeah, like, I three know. minutes? <laughs> Dude. When, 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 I love you. You got to chill, though. Like, Gonzalo Pineda will be like, he's a warrior, you know, and, like, his teammates will say that kind of stuff, too. And it's, like, a, it's a great quote. It's fun. You tweet it and you drown in the likes and whatever from people because it's always fun. But um, I would rather him not. 
yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like I would rather, I would it. rather him uh, just come off. And you know, and Gonzalo Pineda will say he'll be like he said it in the post match after the la- after the previous game, which was that you know I have a great relationship with Joseph. He knows that he can come off whenever he wants. Like my job is to kind of keep him healthy, and I'm not blaming like Gonzalo Pineda for no. this injury occurring, but it's just it's you know it. it I mean, it is in his uh, character that he'll want to try to play through these things, but you just wish that he wouldn't at times, especially when we're so close to the playoffs right now. And it's, yeah. it'd be so vital if he went down with a long-term injury. Good news again, though, he gets a, a two week break. I am unsure. And I do not want to speak at a turn on how long the usual time frame is to heal from this kind of thing. My thought is if it's a low grade version of this injury, he should be good to go. Certainly by the end of the year and probably yeah. much sooner. Um, remember, the next game is until October 16th for this one. The The last regular season game of the season is about a month from now. It's November 7th. So there's your time frame. We have a month until the last game of the season. And again, just to clarify, like this team should be a playoff team either way. Mm-hmm. You need that. You need to handle Toronto. You need to beat Cincinnati, Inner Miami. And yes, even Red Bulls, even though they kind of sort of own us. Right. Those need to be wins and should be wins, even without Joseph Martinez. Uh, come some quick stats for you, though, Joe Patrick. It's not super encouraging. I got the numbers for Atlanta United uh, with and without Joseph Martinez. Uh, with Joseph, um, eight wins in what looks like 19 games. Without Joseph, looks like two wins in nine games. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a that's not super, good. Super exciting. But a lot of those um, surely are from without. Well, not all of them, but most of them would be from the time pre pre Luis Araujo. So um, that helps to have him. And that's one of the reasons why I feel a lot more confident with the team and just saying Russ Joseph until he's completely healthy. You know, you don't need to force him into the lineup until you really desperately have to uh, because you have that extra kind of attacking force from a guy like Luis. And plus, on top of the easier schedule. Yeah, no, and looking at the numbers of like average goals against and goals against, it's it pretty much mirrors what we saw under Heinze versus under Valentino and, and Pineda, right? Like it looks very similar to, to what the team was doing anyway. Um, it's kind of minor adjustments as far as average goals against and average goals for. Um, so, you know what? It, it'll make a lot of a difference, right? The team won't be better. Yeah from losing Joseph Martinez, but they should be good enough. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to play this now. We got some sound we're going to go through in the show today, but Brooks Lennon did mention what it's like, you know, without Joseph. So here's that. You know, when he's not on the field, it's a lot different than when he is, you know, just because of his quality and, you know, his presence. I think he he makes those runs and, you know, he keeps those center backs in check when he's in the game. Uh, and when he's out of the game, you know, like you said, we have those creative players up top, but we don't have that, you know, central force, um, especially when the ball gets wide to, to be in the box, you know, trying to, you know, go hounds. So, I mean, and there will be some more sound that we're going to touch on later talking about it just like tactically. But I think that that last part that he said about not having guys in the box when he's out of the game, I think that that's going to be the most important thing. If that's if this team does have to play games without him is having those runners getting into the box, Mm -hmm. whether that is the replacement striker or, you know, whether it's somebody else. We don't really know the status of Marcelino Moreno. He missed the Montreal game, this game for personal reasons, which nobody was really expecting. We don't know what that means or if he'll miss any more time. But um, yeah, they just need to make sure that they're getting runners in the box if uh, if they're missing 
a guy like Joseph. I would say actually even like with Joseph, because he's kind of changed yeah. his game a little bit because of his injury. They just need more of that in general. Yeah, no, like the whole thing kind of got thrown off a little bit. It was kind of weird from the jump, though, against Montreal. Like I, I got the tactical kind of map of the team kind of pulled up like average positions and everything like that. And you can kind of see like the general shape of of a of a three five two. Like uh, you can you can see the three mm. and part of the five, but then like the top two forwards and then like another attacking midfielder are all kind of in like this one little like 10 yard area in like the top left kind of sort of mm-hmm. uh, pretty much near the line of confrontation, you know, which mm-hmm. isn't that high mm-hmm. and it's really clustery in multiple senses of the word clustery. Right. So it was just kind of rough in the beginning in this one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but it, it changes things for sure. It changes things for sure. Um, but again, man, Toronto sucks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the team should still be able to get results without Joseph, considering the opponents they're going to play. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more later in the show, because I think we have people asking about who could possibly play striker and that kind of stuff. So um, but yeah, it's not not great news, not the news we wanted to hear on this Monday. Until then, let's go over the game that was. This is Sports Prime Game Time. Sports time, game time, sports time, game time, sports prime game time, sports prime game time, sports game prime time, sports prime game 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 time, yeah. Joe Patrick, one of the funniest things that has happened since the advent of sports prime game time is the number of people that have told me that it gets stuck in their head. Yes. And that they'll be like around the house singing sports prime game time. That's the mark of a good jingle. And significant others will, will look at them and go, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? In their most That's intimate phenomenal. moments. <laughs> exactly. They're singing sports time. Sports prime game time. I want you to think, during your next intimate moment, I want you to think about sports prime game time. I'm going to plant that seed right now. Right now. And you get back to me and you let me know how that goes. You do. Uh, for Lady United, things did not go super well uh, on Saturday. Like we said, uh, if you big chances... It, for this team though that, that could have changed the framework of this entire game joe you mentioned in particular the Ezekiel barco chance where it would have been the goal of the week winner for sure almost certainly it would have been a goal of the year contender maybe he kind of put some dudes on the floor for a second and, and tried to chip the last guy on the goal line you know how when there's a scramble someone will sprint to the goal line and, and try to to be a body just to get in the way. And it's time it freaked Zeke out enough to, to make it work. He kind of tried to put it over him. My thought with those is always just kind of knock the shit out of it. Because <laughs> what can they do? Right. You know, with just their body. I mean, you either hit it at them or you don't, you know, um, but all goes off the crossbar and it could have changed the entire game. It really, really could have. Uh, of course, Joseph comes off at halftime, it, but interestingly enough, Joe Patrick Gonzalo Pineda makes another change to bring in and uh, Jake Mulraney. thought it was really interesting. Yeah, no, it was a good sub. I, I and clearly it paid off in just those opening minutes. What was it like the 48th minute? I think that that they uh, it was Araujo connecting with Mulraney to score that goal and uh, hell of a pass by Araujo to, to spot it. Just perfect, exactly the mm-hmm. way you would want a player with his quality and his characteristics as a left-footed player coming in off that right flank and just seeing the the gaps where you can slide in those balls and Mulraney. Seeing that he's doing that and making the run to get into the position to get on the end of it uh, was just kind of um, 
yeah, synced up perfectly. I did want to mention on that Barco, that Barco shot, that was the kind of goal that Rob Usry likes to score when he's playing pro clubs. I don't know if that means anything to you, Sam, if that makes sense at all, but I'm sure our listeners will, will understand what, what that means. It's just like, it's when you control one player on the field the entire time, instead of like the whole team in FIFA and you're just like doing (laughs) skill moves. And, um, I've played with Rob before and him and his friends are so good that just scoring the goals alone is not enough. It's like, you got to add a little bit of, you know, flair <laughs> to um with the, you know, beating, beating guys one uh, again and again before you score. So um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, it was almost an incredible goal, but yeah, it was just unfortunate the way that the team responded after they scored that goal. Honestly, I, mm-hmm. think, I, I think that that's really the story of the game, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It, it could have been way more impressive. You kind of look at the, the XG chart, Right, like that kind of line graph of mm-hmm. XG. And after the goal, which put Atlanta United at 1.0 XG, they finished the day with 1.2. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like one, two, three, four shots after the goal. Wow. None of them worth jack shit. So <laughs> yeah, four shots for a point two. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That uh, is really not good. It was not a good response. It was not a good adjustment overall. You know, and um, I think you kind of pointed it out. That there's just uh, maybe a lack of mentality there. I don't know. Maybe maybe down. Uh, maybe just a a rough stretch that I don't quite understand exactly why it happens. You know, I'm trying to kind of parse it out, but I can't. I was thinking the same exact thing about uh, after this game, just thinking about road games and MLS, man, it's like, what is it about them? Because like this team would never, it would never do that in the second half. I feel if they were playing at home, but there's something about playing on the road where it's just like more difficult. I don't know. It's like, have we kind of ever talked about this? Because the general consensus among most people, this may have changed, but the, the previous research on why away games are so hard to win in other leagues, right, is that the crowds and everything else affect the referees. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the teams being motivated to win soccer games or whatever. Of course, they're motivated. They're professional athletes. They're insane people, right? Like they're all <laughs> motivated. That's mm-hmm. always been a thing. It's the referees and the decisions they make because they're human. And they don't like being yelled at just like the rest of us, you know, especially not by 20,000 people. Right. So it affects the outcome (laughs) of what fouls are given, everything like that. The time wasting, that kind of stuff. Exactly. And that is enough on a long enough timeline to affect what the results are in away games. But then you look at MLS and it is so far beyond that <laughs> in so many ways. And no one can really pinpoint it. Uh, of course, everyone kind of points to the travel and everything like that. But it, it shouldn't be that much the way it is. You know, remember, it's about 50 percent win percentage at home and 25 percent win percentage on the road in MLS. And then 25 percent draw that is kind of the split, how it breaks out. Mm. So. I mean, it's just, it's very evident. Know, like if you look at Atlanta United's last two games, they've played on the road. I mean, this one was better obviously than in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia one was one that you really want to forget about the second that that full-time whistle blows. But, um, you know, there's just something about it. It's really hard to even like put your, you know, put, put my finger on it. It's not like, is it the travel? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We need to get Parky or Jeff or somebody back on to talk more yeah. about this because I'm really curious. Well, at the very least, Gonzalo Pineda played down the lack of attacking threat for Atlanta United in this one. 
expectation at all. I think we have a great roster and we are creating enough chances. Obviously, there are moments in the season. I mean, when we scored 10 goals in three games, no one said anything about that. But now, just because we didn't score many goals, um, we're talking about this. But I think the main part for me is always creating more and better chances. And then it's just, for me, a matter of probabilities. We're going to score more. That was Gonzalo, like, a frustrated Gonzalo Pineda after Doug yeah. asked why the team isn't scoring. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get it. I do. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, but the chances have decreased, right? And, and so that's not necessarily on a long enough timeline. This is going to sort itself out, right? Like they scored the exact numbers of goals they were expected to based on the chances they had. Right. And this one, uh, the same thing with Philadelphia where they scored zero goals. Um, <laughs> there's kind of reason to be a little bit concerned with that and eventually yeah that does kind of level out but at the same time like i'm gonna side with doug's question there a little bit there there's some reason to to worry just just a tiny bit just a tiny bit not a ton again away games are hard i got i gotta tell you i gotta admit i'm I'm so jaded from these last this last year and a half where i'm just all I've uh, all I'm accustomed to seeing is 0.5 XG after the game <laughs> that like I can't even be that mad with like one. I mean, what they have one one point one five expected goals yeah. like eh, that's pretty good. Like <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you could work with that. I can work with that. It is it's it is not terrible. Um, But, you know, I don't know. It's just I, I feel very similarly about this game as I do about uh, the last game against Miami where um the play was maybe not how you would have wanted it. But when you look at it at the end of the day, it's like, okay, the, the expected goals were obviously a lot less in this game. They had about two expected goals, um, not including the penalty against Miami. Uh, and then they had what? 11 total shots. How many of those were from inside the box? Can I see that? Can I see that six from inside the box? So it's not great. Yeah. You are on the road. I, I, you, you've probably won games where you get those kinds of numbers when you're at Land United before. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, obviously you want it to be better. It has to be better if you were in a playoff type situation. But uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I would just side more. I guess on on Pineda's side. I'm glad to hear Pineda say all I'm focused on is the chance creation because that is right. the right. That is the correct kind of way to assess your team's performance. For sure. For sure. Uh, maybe also concerning, though, is the fact that Atlanta United scored and then immediately conceded. I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily a trend, but at the same time, Brooks Lennon had some thoughts on what the team should maybe do to correct that. Yeah, just managing the game after we go up 1-0, especially on the road, um, being better. Maybe we just... Uh, you know, kind of bunker in for, for 10 minutes and, uh, you know, look to, look to counter. Uh, I think those are the times when you can't really, you know, send people forward and, and have people all over the place. You need to, you know, kind of manage the game. Like I said, what do you think about that? What do you think about his, his proposition of just kind of having a plan when you're on the road to, if you score and take a lead bunker in, just have a plan to bunker in for 10 minutes afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, hate I think, it. <laughs> I think the best teams probably don't need that. But right. if you're just trying to, to sort yourself out a little bit and you kind of need it as a safety blanket. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Right. And it's just one of those things. I don't think it's necessarily an overall trend. If it continues to happen, maybe we should be a little worried. Uh, but on the road, I kind of get where he's getting out there. Maybe you should just kind of settle in 
a little bit. Just kind of make sure you hit reset, make sure everyone's in the right spot. It's kind of like in foosball, right? Like after you score, you reset all of your your men in each row so they block. <laughs> yes. Like right. the first initial <laughs> shot, right? Like maybe it's kind of just like that. You know? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I think that should theoretically work a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. But again, it, it, there shouldn't be a moment. Just because you scored, there shouldn't necessarily be a moment where you lapse, not for a team that should be better drilled than that at mm. this point. Um, but eventually they, they should, in fact, get there, which kind of brings me to this idea that maybe we should continue to kind of address our expectations for what this team can and should be. And just kind of remember that any talk of MLS Cup runs or anything like that was always best case scenario. And then worst case scenario was missing the playoffs, which I don't think should happen. And so as long as they get into the playoffs and, and put up a fight, I think that's an extremely, extremely successful second half for Atlanta United, for Rob Valentino, for Gonzalo Pineda, especially. Because, I mean, it's not even really a year zero. It's a year negative point five. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this is just coming in and taking something that is not his framework, that is not necessarily his team and trying to reconstruct it in the most crucial time period of the entire season. That's really freaking hard to do. Mm-hmm. So for, for him to come in and do that and to have any kind of modicum of success, I think that's where your expectations should probably be. And anything else is um, an extreme bonus and, and should be appreciated as such for a team that really, really did be trash. For the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. And, and the previous year um, and the previous year, you know, Darren Eel said it uh, when they let go of Frank DeBoer, he talked about the, the direction of travel. And it does feel mm-hmm. like the, this is the first time that, like, like the direction of travel is back on again. You know, like it, it, you may not get to the ultimate destination of where you want to be with an ML holding up an MLS cup at the end of it, but at least you're, you feel like you're on the path with where this team is now. And I think that, you know, kind of assuming knock on wood that they do get into the playoffs. Um, you know, that's where, that's where you want to be. And I think that you can find success uh, in that, but yeah, I mean, I think that this experience will, it should benefit the team just in terms of having gone through a situation like this, where you give up a lead where you feel like you shouldn't. And maybe next time that this happens, there are guys who are like, okay, just cause we score, like we got to be focused here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I feel like having a guy like Michael Parkhurst or a Jeff Lorenowitz were always really good in those situations of just being able to kind of remind the team um, about the stakes and, and just having their priorities in order at certain games situations. So uh, hopefully they can learn from this and it doesn't happen again, but it is what it is. I guess, it, you know, you can't take it back. Yeah. I, I think that's where like the experience kind of talk, because I'm into it, right? It's like having that one guy or maybe even the two guys who know exactly what to do in those situations. Because it's not necessarily in the sense of like, okay, the old veteran guys are here. They're going to make sure the team is doing what they're going to be doing. I think it's that the old guys are going to know exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. And in that scenario, yep. it can save you yeah. a lot of the time. Right? Especially and when you're playing like a center back or a defensive midfielder. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of where that crucial experience comes in. It's, it's not like it's not like Anton walks isn't a leader. Right. Like right. just because he's 24 or whatever, you know, it's not like that. It's just maybe he doesn't quite have um, that level of experience yet to understand like, OK, on restarts, things can get kind of weird. I need to be laser focused on this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to this. I, I want to talk about Anton tweeting after the game. Yeah. Yeah. That he. Glad you remember that. I want to talk I about too. Like, what was it? The, the gist was essentially we let you guys down. We'll do better next time. We'll he was like, I, he was like, I, I hold I, my hand up in my response, yeah. like, and what I did, my actions or whatever. And I, I think, um, I think Akshay 
from the discord posted it and yeah. like he said it perfectly i hate this that this is a thing online because it's dumb <laughs> i know right? yeah, like yeah, yeah, in yeah. very rare situations it'll make sense right like if you just like completely <laughs> screw the game over but for like a 2-1 <laughs> right. robust in mls it's yeah. like man uh, you, you <laughs> yeah. didn't really do anything bad you know <laughs> Um, I know that's exactly what I thought too. So, but at the same time, it also shows that there is an understanding that there is a connection between the fans and the players and they respect that right now, which I think is very encouraging. Yeah. Even if it is a little overbearing, it's like the significant other that's like, really quick to apologize you're like mm-hmm. oh that's so sweet apologize Stop for it. everything yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like i get that you're being like a nice person it's like that's like, exactly what i thought i was like this was not necessary <laughs> but i do appreciate it <laughs> you know it's like exactly <laughs> um, exactly so yeah Anton, man we, we love you you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta love yourself too man it's not that bad it's <laughs> yeah. not that bad all right uh it won't be that bad either while we take this quick break we'll be back soon enough y'all hang on tight before we get back into the show, did just want to remind everybody that this episode of Five Strike Finals brought to you by Lucid FC. That is Lucid Footwear and Clothing. You can visit them online at lucidfc.us. And I highly recommend you go to their website to actually view the clothing because there's no way I can accurately describe to you within this short time frame the kinds of clothing that they have to offer. It's very unique. That's the only thing I'll say. But beyond that, you're going to have to go check it out for yourself. But I highly recommend that you do because you will not see anything like it anywhere. They've got everything to cover you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Literally, they've got all kinds of different clothing, including masks and anything else you would need for uh, the pandemic, of course. Definitely recommend you checking them out. They are local, too. A couple twins are the founders here from Atlanta. Uh, you can visit them at their shop at in Atlanta at 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest. It's behind the Whole Foods and Buckhead. Really good guys. I met them before and really cool company that they've got going so definitely recommend everybody check it out lucid fc that's lucid footwear and clothing and you can visit them online at lucidfc.us use dss at checkout for free shipping wow what a break what an incredible break rest break joe patrick people had questions not too many questions i I hope people are liking the the new the new uh asmr what what? well there will be a new one today i guess I recorded a new one a couple what? days ago or a couple weeks ago. Episodes You're doing ago. ASMR? The Lucid. The the, the Lucid uh promos. <laughs> oh, I was so confused. <laughs> Look, if we're talking about Lucid, we gotta talk about how it's experiential to say the least. That's, right, That's yeah. the only way I'm gonna know what we're talking about here. Um go check them out. Go check them out. Um <clears throat> we appreciate their sponsorship. C Black. From the Discord asked this. He says, I hate to ask this question. Good start. I hate to ask this question, but what do we think the three-year outlook is for Joseph? Uh-oh. I hate this question. Um, his knee issues were clearly worse than anyone thought. I'd probably take 50% Joseph over anyone in the league, but is that the ceiling? Is it reasonable to believe he'll get back to 90%? It is a good question. And the thing I always worry about with ACL tears is... Not re-tears, but tearing the other knee. Your likelihood of tearing the other knee goes way up because you you try to correct, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to more stress on your other leg. Obviously, he's had a couple of injury issues. I mean, even since he's been here, remember the first season, he was out for a long time. Yep. It's, it's kind of Quad. always been a little bit of the profile, right? Mm-hmm. And he is 28 years old at this point. Um, I think... You can recover from these things, though. I think you can improve. I think in MLS, 
we've seen older strikers do well for for long periods. You look at someone like Bradley Wright Phillips, who's been doing the thing for a while now with with varying degrees of success, but still pretty successful into his 30s. Um, I, I think you can can get to 90 percent. But am I confident in that? Would I put money on that? I don't I don't think so at this point. Yeah, um, I, it was sometime. When was it? I don't remember if it was kind of early this season or maybe toward the end of last year. But I went back sometime around that period and rewatched the MLS Cup final from 2018. And uh, it was just striking to me how much different Joseph looked just his in his physique at that point. Um and the way he moved this, the explosiveness, you could really see it. And it was like, oh, man, like this is that's the striker that we kind of remember him being. We still I think a lot of us picture in our, him in our minds being. I think that just when you look about when you look at kind of his timeline and how he's going to evolve, like he we're already seeing it, that he's a different kind of player than he used to be. And I don't think that that old player is ever coming back. And that's not to say that the new player is necessarily like worse, um, but he will play kind of a different role. And that's going to require more off the ball runs of for other guys getting into the box and kind of contributing to the goal scoring. I don't think he'll ever be the kind of goal scorer that he once was and, and score. I forget how, how many it was when he, when he set that record at the time, it was a record uh, and won the golden boot. So I think he'll continue to kind of be more of a playmaking type of player that, that, you know, picks up more assists than he did. Um, but I also worry C black about his, about his injury status and just about his health in general. And Sam, you mentioned it, the, the possibility of him having other injuries on the other legs from overcompensation. I think microfracture, a knee microfracture is also a pretty common, um, uh, Comp- compensatory injury. I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but just like from overcompensating and 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 you know, affecting the other leg. Um, yeah, and he's just kind of he's he's had injuries here and there ever since he's been at Atlanta United. So I'm not confident that he'll ever be back to um, have the athleticism that he once had that we've seen here in Atlanta. Which brings us to a conversation I saw a few people having on the internet after this one which is the lack of a second striker for Atlanta United. People have been kind of bemoaning that. And one, it is certainly a need Atlanta United should and can address in the offseason, right? Like that should, that should be a priority along with midfielders, a more balanced team, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, we got to be fair here and say they had him, right? They had him in Lissandra Lopez. Yeah. And then the roster constraints wouldn't allow them to necessarily fill that spot. Right. I think that's the fairest interpretation. That's, fair. that's very it. fair. Yep. You know, yep. and there are maybe some mechanisms they could have looked at using to, to get these things right. Sorted out, but it's complicated. We know that we know it's hard <laughs> yeah. to do those things. When, um, when, <laughs> when you said we had them, I thought you were going to say Tito Vialba, <laughs> which is a whole nother story. That's a whole nother um, thing. Yeah. Did anyone check on Julian Gressel lately? Just <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing what you've been sharing in their private <laughs> private messages. So oh no, pretty I tweeted impressive. that shit. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was too good. Too good to keep from the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's only in like the 99th percentile of everything for fullbacks. It's cool. Whatever. Uh on this topic, I'll skip ahead. Christian from Discord asks, um, Eric Lopez may have had another other opportunity to show what he can do during the stretch run. Do you think Pineda can coach him up in the next two weeks and make him a quality second striker? He is totally out of my mind as uh 
real significant player whatsoever for this team this year. He played recently for the twos, um, which is where honestly where he should be. Like he should be getting games. He should be playing 90 minutes for the twos if he's not going to be playing for Atlanta United. So um, he's just not there yet. And I think that yeah. we're all we're seeing from Pineda, his team selections, there's Kubo Torres making appearances. There's Jackson Conway making appearances. There's Tyler Wolf making appearances. I think all three of those guys would be sooner to fill in at a striker position before Eric Lopez. And that's just that's just the, that's not to say you can't get there. He's what? 19. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's still you very know? young. Still very young. But so maybe in the long term. But yeah, in the next exactly. Two weeks, not so much. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Nick on Twitter asked this. And this is good in keeping with our theme of of. Resilient optimism in the face of adversity. You're on five short final. That's always been our theme, I think, Joe Patrick. Big ass, <laughs> based on our remaining six games, what would you predict our final season points tally to be? Uh, the games are at Toronto, NYCFC, Miami, Toronto, at Red Bulls, at Cincinnati. Um, Joe, let's go game by game here. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm um, looking at the standings right now, of course. Lady United. That's what I was just pulling up. 39, 39 points. points. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> um, so let's go through here. Um, right. So um, at Toronto, Toronto has been playing well lately. Joe Patrick, keep that in mind. They won again this weekend. They picked up a big win in the Wooden Spoon race over Cincinnati uh, a couple weekends ago. Wait, the what? Uh, the Wooden Spoon race? Yeah. You don't know what, what that is? No. What is that? Oh, the last play. We've never had to worry about it here in Atlanta, <laughs> except for maybe last year. The last place team in MLS uh, gets a trophy from it's similar to Supporter Shield and that it is supporter created and supporter okay. delivered. Uh, but it is called the wooden spoon to the last place team in the league. Cincinnati has had it for the last couple of years running. I, I thought this I was have, like I thought this was like the old oaken bucket. Like this was like some sort of rivalry game like where they play for a wooden spoon. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Minnesota and like Nebraska have like yeah. $5 bits of broken chair trophy now, which is hilarious. We got it from Dollar Tree. Oh, well, I have seen the wooden spoon trophy, not in the flesh, but the, uh, the current possessor of it has sent me a picture of it. And it is, a, it is literally how, a wooden How does this spoon get delivered? Like does it get delivered in like a very disgraceful way? Like, I, yeah, I think it is delivered by... <laughs> One of the, the the last team who owns it delivers it to okay. the, the supporters group of the, the new team who owns it. Fortunately, they've saved a lot on shipping for the wooden spoon over the last couple of years because Cincinnati just has it and they're going to keep it. Right. Um, so Toronto was there for a little bit. Uh, however, they get a winner. Cincinnati, they lose to enter Miami over the midweek and then beat. What is that right? Hmm? Is that is, is this real? I don't remember this happening. What? Is this from like 2020? What what is happening here? What are you looking at? What is oh okay? I'm looking at the wrong thing here. I got confused with another Cincinnati game. I was like, when did they beat Nashville? <laughs> and forgot that happened like two years ago. Okay, sorry. They drew with Colorado. Uh they beat Nashville uh, a couple weeks ago. They beat Cincinnati. And then uh, just recently they beat Toronto or Chicago over the weekend. So Knowing that and keeping that in mind, Joe Patrick, considering that Jefferson Soteldo is finally kind of coming good. He's got three goals and 10 assists on the season. I'll say a draw. I'll play conservative. A draw. It is on the road. It's on the road. It's after the international break where it's just been announced that John Brooks is not going to be part of the U.S. setup in this break. So that means there's 270 minutes on the docket for miles robinson so he will surely be exhausted after all the traveling as well so i'm just gonna play it safe and say a draw okay 
Okay. So we'll keep our um, own tallies. I've got one. You got three here. You think you're calling a win? I'll take three. I'm going to okay. call three. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, NYCFC is the next game. And that's at home. Uh, we talked about them already. I'm going to call that a draw. Okay. I'm calling that one a win. So there we go. We're at, we're, we're both, at, we're both at four points through, okay, uh, through, through two perfect. Miami at home win. I'm calling it a win as well. So I think they're going to win out there? the rest of these games at home. Okay. So Toronto they got home three home games win. in a row. Yeah. I think you're NYCFC, right. Miami and Toronto at Red Bulls. How fun is that for at a late Red season Bulls. clash? That's always gone super well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I say Red Bulls clutter things up. I say a draw. Maybe even a loss. I would say a loss. I'm going to say a okay. loss. Screw um, What are we at? 10 points? We'll, we'll both go with losses to keep it even. Just kind of keep it. And then at Cincinnati finale. I, I think on decision day, you better not win. That. Good yeah. Lord. I think it's a win. win. We can both agree that it's a win. So we might have a little bit of disagreement, but what are we looking at? We're both thinking three, what is it? 12, 13 points to the rest of the year. They're on what? 39. Mm-hmm. So and 52 points. I mean, let's I mean, we want to look back at 2019. Joe yeah. Patrick, do you remember how many points they finished with? 55, 58. So you were you were real close, yeah. real close. Um, 55 that you had to begin and good for third. 52 that year. Good for fourth in the East in 2019. Going back to 2018, 52 points would have also been good for fourth in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that that sets us up for a home playoff game. I'd, theoretically right yeah before we get into the next question i do want to just run through uh brooks lennon kind of talked about the team's mentality kind of during this stretch run these last six games of the year it is a young group but it's a group that is hungry and wants to win and wants to get into that playoff picture um so i think we have six six games left we have a nice two-week period of time where you know we can work on the things that we need to work on um and yeah we either you know really go for it and you know give our best effort and, and win these, you know, next six games and, and get in that playoff picture or, you know, we, we don't, uh, you know, it's up to us as the players. Yes, we are, you know, a young group. Um, but I think, you know, some of the, some of, some of the young guys, especially me and, um, you know, guys like miles and, and guys that have been in the league for a little while, um, you know, can really push these guys in, in practice and, um, you know, keep the level high, like Gonzalo likes in, in training. Um, and yeah, work on, work on, on building. So there's that. Thanks Brooks. Thanks Brooks. Brooks oh, wants yeah. to win every single game. Oh, that's good. That six wins. That's good. Wow. If we want to get six wins and, and get into the playoffs, popped off I wonder, and said, wow, oh. screw those other teams. Atlanta United for life. We're better. <laughs> Put that on extra time. Alternate question. How many points do you think it takes to get into the playoffs? Um, normally that hovers around 45. Oh, there you go. Um, wow. Well, the, if that is the mark that I'm very well, confident. I mean, I just kind of think, that. you know, everyone else is kind of cluttered right in the middle this year. That was the only thing I'm feeling um, like our I, predictions were too, too optimistic already. Maybe possibly my, too <laughs> optimistic, right? Um, I mean, it's a ban. Montreal is in seventh right now with 40 points. If they don't get five, six more points, right. the the year, I'm going right. to be shocked. Right. I think it's probably going to be somewhere around 48. Yeah. 51 is going to be necessary, which again, 52 points puts us right there. Don't lose Atlanta United. Y'all better not lose. Don't <laughs> lose. Uh, let's move on to this. Um, it's to win. Atlanta United's probably going to have to rethink some things on offense and how, and how they're attacking. Right. Uh, Tony from the discord, the world famous Patreon discord. Ask, is Atlanta's new tactics just to try and dribble around everyone? I think this has maybe been a bit overblown, just a tiny bit, right? Like, I think I saw some folks being like, oh, well, if, if um, 
you know, Marcelino hadn't done what Marcelino did against uh, whoever it was when they scored that incredible goal. I think it was DC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they dribbled around like the entire team, then everyone else would be not waiting for people to dribble around as much. I, I think there are larger things at play than just like, oh, this one guy did this one thing. Now we're going to just wait around for him to do it again or someone else do it again. Um, I, I think that's, it's been a problem all year, right? Like to some extent, the the off the ball movement. I think maybe after a quick bump in morale and positivity and a, a different coach, maybe some of the energy level died down a little bit, and there were some there was some reversion back to old habits that are not so good. I think that's my thought, and I think those things can be beaten out of them again and corrected. Yeah, I mean, I, I Brooks Lennon spoke to this as well. I don't uh, let me see if I can pull up his. Uh... I have a sound ready and I don't really have it ready, but you know, he talked about the, this team just needs more. Um, they need to have more, not like confidence in each other as a team, but like just like more faith in each other's ability to do their jobs. And so I feel like what he's getting at is fewer supporting runs for players and more getting into the box. We've talked about this a lot already in this podcast, but um, it's that off ball movement. We talk about it all the time. Players don't, want to do it i think that there's some natural hesitancy to do it because if the ball is lost then you're out of shape you know you're not in your position to defend on it on a counter attack uh but that's what he's saying he's saying that we need to have faith in each other that he is going to make that dribble like that you that you're not going to lose the ball in a certain situation so go ahead and make that run and that will obviously disorganize the opponent so um i think that this team does utilize the dribble a lot but it's not like if that's the strength of your team then you should be trying to get yourself in one-on-one matchups and and attempt those kinds of dribbles and i have all the confidence in the world in guys like luis araujo and marcelino moreno to to create off of that it's just a matter of whether other players are making the correct off ball movements to actually give them um, somebody to, to direct the ball into that will actually score the goals. I think kind of comes back to as well. And if you have that faith, you do this. I want y'all to go back and watch Seattle's second goal, I believe against Colorado where, I mean, it's like the clip is 40 seconds long and it's one piece of buildup and it ends up with one of the most incredible goals I've seen in MLS, I think, but that faith that Seattle has instilled and the revs have instilled and these other kind of teams have instilled is not that there will be someone there to receive the first pass It's that someone will be there to receive the second pass. And that's what those movements create is someone who can be there to receive the second pass. And, and the guys just don't quite make those runs yet, right? They, they quite aren't quite moving into those spaces to where they can set themselves up for not something in the immediacy, but in the something in the, in the next Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what needs to change. And I think it will over time. And I think we've seen it at times as yeah. well. And even if it's not maybe the the next pass, maybe it's the next dribble and then pass like those. Then you need to have people who are a couple movements ahead, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And, and I think the tactics are generally getting better. It's not always, you know, pro- progress is not always linear in this situation. But I do think there are pretty significant improvements that this team has made um, since Gonzalo Pineda took over. All right, so sure. Sam is playing with <laughs> the fine dog. We'll get to the last <laughs> question, which is from uh, B. Mildenhall on Twitter, who asks, uh, how does our offense go from world beater to anemic in three games? Better opponents, but we beat D.C. and Orlando? Question mark. Teams have adjusted to our scheme. Thoughts on fixing it? Yeah, I think we kind of adjusted. Yeah, uh, I we talked about some of the yeah. things like that. I don't think it's necessarily 
team also, suddenly have us on tape. Yeah. Well, I was, was going to say, I don't, I don't see it as like anemic. Like, I, I think it's just kind of sputtered a little bit, but it's For still sure. been good enough. I think that in, yeah, against Miami, it was good enough on um, Montreal. It could have been good enough on a different day. If you play a little bit right. tighter in that second half. So it doesn't have to be a full on machine every right. time. And it's not going to be right. It's one of the things uh, I feel like 2017 and 2018 to an extent, but like, especially 2017, it just like in people's minds, it's like four <laughs> goals every single game where mm. in reality, team really struggled on the road that season quite a bit. Remember those games going God, to RFK? There was a Chicago game like, in DC shit, dude, where they couldn't complete a pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like screaming at the TV the whole time. Yeah. Just bored out of my mind wanting anyone to do anything. Right. Like it happens. Yeah. It but, happens. But to 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 Bill Meadenhall B. Mildenhall's point, you know, I think that this team needs to get better, you know, needs to needs to improve um before the end of the season and come to the playoffs. They they have to be better in the attack and I have confidence that they will. I think that th- I, I, I think I, that this week will be good for them to just have a break, have a lot of training time. They seemed really good after they had the last international break. So, hopefully that they get the same results here. For sure. For sure. The I mean, one way you can fix it though. Have they tried it back four? Have they tried? Mm, not yeah. to start yet, I don't That's think. Not, not to start mm. yet. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Just wondering, you know, if you got a two-week break, and maybe you want to install something. Back for curious. Yeah. I'm back, back for curious. curious. Why not? Why not? Uh, Joe Patrick. We can try new positions. Yeah. Is that too much? <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's let's leave. Let's leave the show and never do it ever again. How about that? How about that? Uh, no rapid fire today. We didn't uh, get the questions for that one. Again, just kind of a stale mood. After this one, hopefully the next couple of weeks are a little more fun once we get back to this and we can get some rapid fire going for y'all and things like that. Again, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash five stripe final. Check Joe out on Twitter, Jay Patrick 200, especially as the Braves go into the playoffs. He's doing some Braves coverage for yeah. behind the game as well. Always. Or we get some early Forever. games too. I think the, the 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 times just came out while we were recording this. I think Braves oh, got awesome. some early games. Great. I definitely have never been hurt by an early game <laughs> in a right. divisional playoff. <laughs> No one's ever scored 10 runs in one of those in the first inning. Um, yeah, no, check all that out. Uh, I'm at J underscore Sam Jones at Five Star Final at 30 South SOC as well as also where people tweet from that are me. Uh, and of course, check out everything on the mothership and Dirty South Soccer as well. Joe, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, let's get the hell out of here. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.